welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how have you been well to tell you the truth i have had a really really rough week last week on i think on thursday last to last thursday i had a really bad throat and i couldn't like speak and i thought i had lost my voice for a while and i thought that the next coming saturday i wouldn't be able to do my atps coaching call but then i I guess I started on antibiotics quite early and um, by around Friday I was beginning to feel better and by Saturday I could go to the call and boy oh boy you know that coaching call was the most fascinating you know it brought out parts from within me and the kind of coaching that I gave that I delivered I didn't know that I was capable of speaking that way i was capable of bringing up those questions and coaching my clients on things that are difficult to address are uncomfortable in the body like we spoke a lot about how women are considered to be ambitious in a way that is not good for them to be perceived by the world by the society like one of our clients mentioned how you know she was slut shamed you know as a as a young girl and from then it's 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 become so so difficult for her to be visible in the world like every step that she takes is a step of caution what if someone says something about me what if someone you know calls me a slut again what if someone uses expletives against me and then my this identity of being a coach is compromised because the world is you know throwing all these expletives the world is talking about me in the wrong manner what if i say something wrong on the internet and people call me out for it so she had to live in a constant state of dread about who she is about who she about the things that she wants to talk and you know at that point you know as i was working with that feeling in the body because you know when i do coaching i just don't faff you know my coaching is one of the most superlative forms of coaching because i always go to the traumatic origins of people's experiences i just don't tell them that oh change your mindset you know what what happens if people says you know it doesn't matter or you know let them let them think the way they want to think i don't do that i mean of course i would say that to encourage my client at some point but if my client is coming at such a vulnerable position wherein that reality that they're experiencing is so real for them inside their body then it's important for me to go inside their body it's important for me to to help them embody the safety by processing their feelings and feelings cannot be processed rationally you know i'm sorry but people who talk about processing feelings rationally i i talk about it all the time on instagram 
I talk about processing feelings, but there's difference between I talking about it and I actually making people go through the process of processing the feelings inside the coaching container. That is what makes my container, ATEPS, a trauma-informed one in comparison to all other containers where they might just be working through rational methods and behavioral methods and, you know, things which concern attitude and aptitude and confidence and all of those things. Here, it's about the body. I will not let my client go without doing the body work. And of course, in the beginning, it's uncomfortable. So we have to take a moment to stay with those feelings and explore them in the body. So when we work with this client and we, you know, went inside her body and we released and worked with those emotions that were holding her back from being who she wanted to be. Not only she could experience that liberation, that freedom, but also I actually, I actually asked her, like, let's imagine all of us are so much in touch with our desire that we embody that desire, allow ourselves to be absolutely non-hypocritic, non-hypocrite or whatever the word is with the desire that we have. Whatever our desire knows, no hypocrisy. You know, there is this, I, I, I heard, heard of this line and read this line in uh, one of my favorite writer's book, uh, Ghalib Surazdallah. He has a book called The Exiles and the book starts with the line, desire knows no hypocrisy. Desire knows no hypocrisy, right? And, and what if every one of us was willing to own our desire without hypocrisy? And what if that was a true meaning of the word slut? I even came up with an acronym the next day, you know, <laughs> on Instagram. that I, I, I put up a post that sort of went viral. So many people, you know, asked me and said that, oh my God, Gaurav, you're a doctor. How can you say about such things? And I said the acronym, you know, uh, super uh, legitimate, ultra tenacious, like super legitimate, ultra tenacious, S-L-U-T, slut. And what I mean by that is someone who is unbreakable, someone who is super legitimate, you know, speaks their truth. Someone who is so much in their power that all other voices around them dampened. Someone who is who has total autonomy over their desire and is absolutely not scared, non-hesitant about expressing them, demanding them, putting them out in the world. What if this is the person that the world needs today? More than people who are talented, more than people who are skilled, more than being a therapist who knows uh, XYZ methods, more than being a coach who can, you know, create brilliant results? What if just by embodying who you truly are, being the slut that you are, it was enough, it was enough for you to inspire people around you. It was enough for people to look at you and wonder, wow, you know, I want to be like her. I want to be like him. What if your embodiment of your absolute truth was the elixir 
was the father that people needed for them to become their real, their raw, their honest, their naked self, right? And that's what I said, that let us all pledge to be the slut that we are, right? Let us all pledge to be in our power, to have our voice, to put our desire in oral, written, physical form, whichever form we want, right? Because our desire knows no hypocrisy. And what I wanted to like pull from that experience was, you know, in the beginning, I really didn't think that I was capable of that kind of coaching. Now that is, that is like an error in my thinking process because, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, it's not your capabilities, it's your choices that make you who you are. That's a line by Rowling, by the way, J.K. Rowling, you know, when, when Dumbledore says to Harry Potter, you know, Harry, it's not your capability of defeating Voldemort, but it's your choice to be in your truth, to be in your power. That is why the sword of Gryffindor presents itself to you and you are able to defeat Voldemort. And I absolutely and completely abide and, you know, hold that truth in my heart that it's not actually our capabilities. It's our choices that make us who we are. But then there are times when I do go back and think, oh, you know, I did this. You know, I didn't think I was capable of this. But then I do forget in that moment, you know, when I make those judgments about myself, I question again that really was it about my capability or was it the fact that I was willing to be present in that situation. I was willing to look for a solution in that situation. I was willing to be 100% with my client and offer them what they needed. I was willing to be the person, to be the force, to be the strength that my client required in that moment. So maybe, maybe it has got nothing to do with my capabilities. Maybe it has got to do with my willingness and my choice to be with my client and to offer them everything that they need in that moment. And that is why every coaching call inside ATIPS is sheer and pure beauty. This is the reason why, you know, after every call, you know, you may go on my Instagram on Saturday evening or maybe Sunday morning and, and then look at all my stories and you will always find stories where people have written about their last coaching call. People have talked about the transformation of every coaching call. You know, I was thinking that in the beginning, when I would start doing the coaching calls, maybe people will talk about it because I'm offering a lot of transformation, offering a lot of value. And I would think that, oh, maybe, you know, by the time we reach our sixth call, seventh call, all these hoo hoo ha ha is going to like go down. <laughs> because that's, that's the kind of idea I had about myself. You know, you never trust yourself enough. So even I go through that. You know, I, it's difficult for me to sort of trust myself with that 100% surety and certainty every single time. Okay. So uh, I also think that, um, you know, by the time we reach the sixth call or maybe the seventh call, all the hoo-hoo-ha-ha and, you know, all this... Um, ecstasy around uh, the coaching calls is going to like sort of die down. People might just put their head down and work silently or, you know, people might not show up. All these doubts and insecurities I had about my program. I'm a human being and I have a human brain. So I also have, you know, difficult thoughts and thoughts that don't work for me. But then uh, it doesn't. It truly doesn't. Because every single Saturday, 
when I come and I sit in meditation, I pray to my angels, I light up all my candles and I stay in that energy. And I tell myself that everything that this call needs out of me today, I'm willing to submit to it. I'm willing to be 100% present. I'm willing to give everything that the universe wants to operate and motivate and express itself through me in this call. I don't think that I am the one who is doing it. You know, even though I am very proud of myself, I really, really, really love myself and my brain. But at the same point of time, I also hold this belief strongly that I am a vessel and I am facilitating things for people that they need in that moment through my coaching calls. And because I'm in absolute submission to the process, an absolute service to all the people who have given me their precious time and made time, made space for every Saturday to show up, I have the deepest honor for them. I have the deepest love for them. And so I'm the vessel in that moment facilitating something, something so greater than I am, something greater than what my brain can conceive. And that's the reason why my capabilities do not matter in that moment, because a different kind of force is operating through me, is finding voice through me. And I wanted to like talk about this experience of this young lady who went through slut shaming in her, you know, adolescence. I wanted to talk about it simply because, you know, traumatic experiences always remain with us. They don't die away. They don't go away forever. It's not like, you know, you heal something and it disappears and, and it never comes back and um, it doesn't change shape. It doesn't change form. And life is basically rosy and gold after that. No, it doesn't happen that way, my darling. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. You know, people ask me, Gaurav, I, we know that you have been through, you know, so many years of depression, you know, six years of, you know, toiling and being in that state. And I know in my last episode, which is episode number 27, I talked a lot about my depression. I talked a lot about uh, laying my soul bear basically and how I went through my experience of depression and what kind of state my body inhabited and how slowly and slowly my body moved out of it and slowly and slowly I was able to overcome my depression now a lot of people ask me that oh does it does it mean that it never comes back how are you able to be 100% positive all the time and how are you able to like maintain your confidence and do you not get low do you not feel upset and i say no i mean i do get upset i do have severe forms of lowness i go through terrible depression even now and i go through moments where i'm just not able to reach my brain. I'm just not able to inhabit my prefrontal cortex for days and days and days, sometimes months. So I cannot and I'm not able to live through my joy 100% all day, every day. It's not possible. And that doesn't happen. I mean, I don't know anyone, any of my friends, people who are also coaches and healers, 
And every one of them has gone through a similar journey of sorts, wherein they have suffered through something, an emotional um, experience, you know, a, you know, a trauma. And it's not that it just goes away fully. It's not that it disappears um, and never ever appears and it doesn't show up. That doesn't happen. Instead, from my, you know, journey of, with depression and, you know, after following up with several other people that I know, so, my, so many of my friends and colleagues, I know that all of these um, deep-rooted experiences in our adolescence, in our childhood, there are two learnings that I have from them. After processing them, after healing from them, I have two important realizations, lessons, I would say. One is depression or trauma or anxiety or this feeling that, feeling of despair, I would say. All of these things, they change form. They come in a different form. They may not come in the form of that dark, empty hole that we have found ourselves and we cannot come out of it. It feels like a mixture of grief and emptiness and absolute total despair. There is no road forward, no light ahead. It may not feel like that, but it may come in different forms. Like for me, it, it comes in the form of winter. And I'm going to talk a little more about it, you know, winter. However, before I move into the fact that it comes in different forms, the second thing that I wanted to touch upon is that in whatever form it appears, in whatever shape it appears and comes back, in whatever periodicity it appears, our capacity to identify them, to recognize them, and to work with them grows more and more with all the self and inner work we do. Okay, that is a second realization, second lesson. And I'm going to talk about that as well. But firstly, let me talk about how it changes form. So like for our student, for uh, the person that I was talking about who was being slut shamed, it appeared in the form of these critical voices in their head, right? That you are not good enough. People might just reject you. People might just call you out on the internet for saying something. It affected her way of showing up in the world and it also affected her career and the way she did business, right? It didn't allow herself to be 100% fully present in her business and 100% truthful to the, to the people that she wanted to be, right? There was a moment where, you know, I asked her that, okay, how is it affecting all the people that you are meeting? And then she said that I'm, there is a wall between me and them. I am not able to be who I want to be to them because there is a constant voice that keeps coming back saying that, what if they say something about me? I may not even know what they exactly will say something about me, but then that fear is so somatic. It's so inside the body. It's so, you know, diffused and al almost present in every part of my body that you know, it hangs like a diffuse cloud all around. That's what happens. And that's what happens to me as well. So whenever winter hits, because 
winter was a very, very difficult period for me. It always reminds me of my depression. You know, when the sun would go down, uh, by the time it's four, especially in Guwahati, you know, where I come from, you know, the sun would often go down at 4.30. And I, I, you know, my body would just go into the state of numbness and I would become more and more diffused. And I would feel, I would feel that my, you know, my brain ma matter is spilling out and there is no thought that I can hold on to. There is no focus. I cannot concentrate. I am just not in my physical body. I am just floating around. These kind of feelings, you know, often would happen to me every single winter evening, you know, especially more, more and more when I was going through depression because then there was nothing to look forward to. Now, when I live a wonderful life, I live the most beautiful life. I live in a house that I love. I live with a partner who loves me like anything, you know, every single day I'm in gratitude for all the love he has for me. Uh, my clients and not only my clients, you know, people, random people on Instagram, you know, they text me and tell me that Gaurav, your podcast or your uh, sharings on internet and, you know, your Facebook group, You Are Money, uh, your Substack newsletter has changed my life, has transformed the way I see the world, has, you know, helped me so much in my healing. And, and I'm so, so thankful. I'm so thankful to all of you people. You, I know you are hearing me right now. I'm so thankful to all of you people for all the love you have for me. And what I'm trying to say is I have all of these beautiful things going on in my life. And yet, when winter hits and it slowly sort of descends and the days turn darker and the air becomes quieter, uh, of course, in Delhi, the pollution also hits more. <laughs> so that's why I had the sore throat. So what happens is um, I, start, I start going back to my traumatic experiences from the past. My body automatically starts shrinking. My attention automatically dwindles. I begin to sleep more and more. And even though I want to wake up early and start working in the morning, with winter, it's very difficult for me to wake up. Even when I wake up, I wake up with a sense of, oh, half the day is already gone. You know, how, how do I manage my day? How do I manage my time? These self-critical voices start showing up even more and more during winter. And I lose touch and I lose focus with my work, even though I know that I am being 100% present in my coaching calls. Somehow I feel that I, I find it very difficult to align myself with my business and to pursue it and market it and sell it at the pace and at the rate with the energy that I would do in summers, right? And therefore, all those signs and symptoms from my years of depression change form, but they keep coming back. Like how in the evenings, I just don't feel like getting up from my bed. How, you know, I tend to eat more because I feel that I, I need to fill up something inside my body, right? I'm constantly, of course, even now I'm constantly like sipping tea. 
<laughs> right? So I'm constantly sipping tea and at the same point of time, you know, I my my schedule goes haywire because, you know, I am I can't like move from one job to the other, like finish writing an email, move on to, you know, working on that book that you're working and then move on to preparing these um you know sheets for your clients and move on to taking a consultation call and then move on to working on your website you know i i'm able to do that in during the summers but in winters you know my hands and my legs do not somehow support me they i always feel pulled back and these are the times when my body and my brain begins to lie to me this is the time when i feel not only unaligned with everything that i have done so far in more than a decade but this is the time when it when my brain and my body tries to invalid invalidate all the work that i have done because my brain becomes so diffused during these times especially in november and december that i'm unable to access the thoughts that I want to think. I'm unable to access the positive feelings that I want to experience inside my body. Instead, my body becomes like an ocean of toxic residues from the past. My body becomes like, an, like a huge ball of um, all that residues of poison that I experienced many, many, many years back. And this is the time when I have to keep my faith the strongest. I have to really look for evidences that I have come this far. This is the time when I not only have to be the kindest to myself, but to also acknowledge that my body is a sovereign entity. It perhaps has a mind and brain of its own. I may want my body to function in a certain way, wake up at a certain are and you know do one two three four five tasks and then do more sales and do more marketing and make more money of course it can do all of that i mean we can still make more money <laughs> by resting as well which is what i keep talking about but then this um this voice of performance this voice of um productivity this voice of um consistency, all these languages that we use, we want our body to function, you know, in, in alignment with those voices that we want. But then in that, in, in that process, we may also sometimes end up disrespecting our body. We may sometimes dishonor our body. We may feel that our body is under our control, that it has to perform, it has to do things uh, exactly as we want it to be. But we don't realize that when we actually go ahead and ask these things out of our body, right? When we put so much of food inside it just because it feels empty and almost ask it to work 24 seven because it has to digest all that food. When we, you know, make our bodies uh, work in a way that is not in alignment with the conditions and the climate and the weather, right? when we demand so much out of our body that the body is not aligned to, is not vibrating at, we end up dishonoring our body. We end up, um, I would say, colonizing our body, right? 
we have to think of our body as beings and uh, this whole system that has a mind of its own, that has its own sovereign will, right? That is the reason the body has a certain cycle. That is the reason why body has involuntary movements. That is the reason why the heart beats the way it wants to beat, at the pace it wants to beat, you know? That is why we have peristalsis movement that after we swallow food, automatically the food is taken by the esophagus down to the stomach because the peristaltic movement is automatic, right? This is why we, we feel our bladder being full and then we have to go and pee, right? Because the bladder has of course, a mind of its own. It has a will of its own. When that will calls us through its voice, hey, hey, it's you know time to go to the bathroom, we can't prevent it. We have to go, right? So we also have to honor the voice that the body has for us. We have to honor the way, the language in which the body also communicates to us. And in the beginning, what used to happen is, you know, whenever winter would come, I would really, really dread that, oh my God, now I have to like abandon all my work and I have to hibernate and I have to take a blanket and I have to like eat chips and just watch Netflix because my body is like incapable of doing anything in winter, you know? And I would really go into the self-beating mode that, I, I, in fact, I would tell my partner all the time that, listen, you know, I really have to get all the work done in summer. And if I am looking to make a million dollars, I have to ensure that I am getting it done before October because I, once November hits and December comes, I know I am just going to sort of, you know, go down the drain and I'll go through that spiral again. And he would say, well, do what is necessary, but I, but let's also wait. Let's also wait how you respond to your body this time. Like you are already assuming that your body is going to put you through all the turmoil and you will not have the power to respond to it instead of reacting and already assuming that this is what is going to happen, right? So instead of going into the self-beating, self-flagellation mode, let us stay with it and see how your reaction and how your response changes, right? So this is where point number two comes when I mentioned earlier in this episode is our capacity to identify, recognize and work with the depression or the anxiety or the trauma that comes and changes its form. Our, our, our capacity grows more and more with all the self and inner work we do, which is why I never, ever stop doing the inner work. I never ever stop investing on programs and coaches and books and videos and podcasts, which help me to not only expand the horizon of my nervous system, but also gives me all the tools and all the skills and all the motivation to keep working on myself, right? Because I am not looking to uh, diminish or disappear my depression. I'm not looking to sort of hold it and bury it inside the earth and like put a cross on top of it and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, wish that it never, ever comes back. It's not like a ghost or a spirit that once you diffuse into, in, into, into the air or into the spirit realm, it's never going to come back. That doesn't happen. 
it comes back in different forms. It comes back in the form of the triggering voice of our partner when they say something and it immediately reminds us of our mother, right? It comes back in the form of a client saying something about how dissatisfied they are with the results they're experiencing and we make it personal about us and we go in down that spiral. It comes in the form of not making sales in a certain month and making that not making sales experience um, mean something bad about us that we cannot perform. We are not good enough. This is not, this is not for me. I am not cut out for this, right? It may come back in the form of not being able to focus and concentrate and write that book, that workbook, that PDF, that email that you always wanted to write. So it may change different forms and all of this can really shake our inner core because the brain is immediately going to take you back to the conclusions and the survival postulates that you had. For example, I kept telling myself, oh, I cannot perform in winters. My body shuts down in winters. You know, I just hate myself. Why do I have to go through this? I wish I was in a, in a, in a warm country where I didn't have to, um, or in a warm place where I didn't have to go through this. You know, I will not be able to make money now in November, December. I will not be able to sell more. You know, all these conclusions that I made about myself going through this cycle and I would hate my body and I would say, you know, some people can work so much on winters and they can, you know, go out in the evening, all packed to the cafe and you know, type the fucking away on their computer for like three, three, four, four hours. Why am I so distracted in winters? Why am I always looking for comfort? Why am I like going to the kitchen and making tea all the time? <laughs> Things like that. But then... As my partner said that, let's wait, you know, what if your response to it changes? And when this year came, when this year came, I went through the cycle once again, right? I am still going through the cycle because winter is just hitting. It's going to take its peak and maybe it's going to stay till March or beyond. So I'm already experiencing the effects of winter and my body is already going into um, this shrink mode and the triggers are slowly slowly showing up in my environment and evenings are really difficult for me to uh, sit down do my writing um, write my next workbook um, think about the upcoming classes or upcoming master classes or my upcoming trips I'm taking a trip to Dubai um, on 30th of November to uh, host a class called the Big Money Secret, um, where I will be teaching the deliberate thought building process in Dubai live. So if you are listening to this podcast and if you are in Dubai, uh, please, please don't forget to come for the class. You can always get in touch with me at Dr. Gaurav Deka on Instagram. So anyway, so I, I, you know, I would think that these are things that I would not be able to do. Um, and I would always conclude. But this time what happened is I, I stayed with those feelings. I didn't resist those feelings. I didn't make those feelings and thoughts mean something critical about me. 
right? I did not allow myself to become handicapped to this experience or via this experience. I stayed with it and I said that, well, as long as my body supports, whatever hour during the day my body supports, I am going to do that much amount of work. Whenever I am able to respond to uh, my students in my uh, Facebook community inside ATEPS where people ask me questions and I coach them, whenever I can, I will go there. If I don't feel like doing a live on Instagram, which I would do a lot in summers, it's okay for me to not do. Instead, maybe I will just live inside my blanket and I will just write a few posts that I want to write, right? If I feel like sleeping a little more till eight or till nine, I will allow myself that. And if during the day I am only left to wait two and a half hours to perform, to write, uh, to speak, to devise my new modules, I'll just use those two and a half hours, right? So I gave myself not only this liberty, but I also started honoring my body for everything that it seeks during the winter. I was in communication that with the depression that my body experiences at a somatic level, because now the depression is no longer, you know, mental. It's no longer that, oh no, I, I'm, I'm just like a vegetable in my brain. It shows up in my body, right? Because maybe I have done a lot of mind work. I've done a lot of mental work. So mentally, um, I, I feel calm, you know, mentally I feel that, oh, I am in uh, control you know, of my thoughts, right? But bodily, it's, it's very difficult for me, right? So this time I was in alignment with my body. This time, instead of reacting to my body, I responded to it and I asked my body, body, what would you like to do in this moment? Body, what is it that you are saying that if I listen to you, I would be able to utilize it for my own goodness. Body, tell me the time that you don't want to think, you don't want to feel, and I will take you to bed and we will uh, just lie there and we will cuddle together and I will continue to hear what you have got to say. Body, uh, if you feel uh, slowing down and shrinking in the evenings, uh, how would you like me to support you and be there for you. So I started treating my body as a very, very sovereign entity, as someone who is independent, someone who has their own voice, someone who has their own mind, right? Someone who may have a very different way for me to do business during these months, right? And then I just realized that all the traumatic experiences that we go through in our childhood, that we go through in our adolescence. And the residues of that that stay in the body, they don't die, they don't go away. They change form, they come back. But as long as we keep doing the inner work and we keep investing in ourselves to learn, to study, to resolve, there comes a time when at the bottom of losing all the faith, at the bottom of concluding sometimes that all these trauma work is shit. Nothing works for me. Maybe it works for other, it doesn't, others, it doesn't work for me. You know, I don't know why did I even get into this? 
You know, I wasted all the years of my life doing all this shit work that uh, doesn't, doesn't bring any results. It's very easy to slip into these conclusions because we have slipped into these conclusions countless number of times in the past in various ways, right? In the throes of our depression, throes of my depression, I told myself that I do not deserve to live, that I am a waste, that I'm a burden to my parents. You know, so what happens is now those conclusions may change language, may change vocabulary, but brings the same kind of effect and feelings. So it's very easy for us to go into our limbic brain and make those conclusions because those conclusions are what keeps us in the spiral. But then the more we are willing to be in alignment with the body, to listen to the voice of our nervous system, to have a kind of communication, a gateway by which I can listen to my body and the body can listen to me, and all of this does not happen in a day, by the way. It happens with a lot, a lot of trauma work that we do, a lot of inner work that we invest in. The more we are able to do that and we keep doing that instead of criticizing ourselves, berating ourselves, beating ourselves up, the more what happens is the capacity in us grows. The more uh, we see opportunities instead of seeing roadblocks. For me this year, you know, uh, as I as I allowed my body to settle into whatever state it wanted to settle into, I have got a completely different idea for my business, right? What if I could use this time to think about the new ideas? What if I could use this time to slow down and feel my body? And by doing that, I could teach how to slow down to my students. What if by being in alignment with my body, I could actually enhance some of the modules inside ATEPS that I teach on body-based business, how to be in alignment with your nervous system. All those modules could become better because I would start experiencing the same inside my body because I would be open to that experience, right? So, this is how, this is how by being in alignment with the body, this is how by changing our responses, we are able to be truthful to who we are. We are able to hold on to our faith. We are able to be in communication with our body and grow our business. Yes? All right, my friends. This is here, me signing off today. And I'm going to see you next week. I'm going to speak to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcast. Thank you so much.